took a big chunk bleeding. It's bleeding. I know it's bleeding. The thing just ripped me ear off. What do you think? Hello again and welcome to another special one-on-one interview edition of Eddie and Stevo the podcast. This month, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by the only player ever to be named Man of Steel in successive years, the St. Helens legend, Paul Sculthorpe, and he is with us now. Paul, thank you for giving up your time and talking to us today. And I know that at last, uh, Sean and yourself and the rest of the team of England have managed to get on the training field. Uh, looking ahead to the World Cup, I mean, uh, everything okay as far as that's concerned? Did the first session go well? It was fantastic, Eddie. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sean was Sean was like a kid at Christmas. Um, just to be <laughs> just to be able to to get back out and do some coaching. You know, I think he said no, November two thousand eighteen was the last time he was on a on a training field, uh, and that was with, with with obviously up in in Scotland with the rugby unions. So. Yeah, he's, uh, it was, everybody was chomping at the bit. I think the players as well. Um, you know, it was a real good, uh, real good session. Um, obviously, limited on what we could do with, with numbers, with obviously still, you know, players' commitments to, to Super League and clubs, and, you know, there was injuries and what have you. But a real good session, and, and a, lot, a, lot, a lot of players got a lot out of it from, from what Sean wants and, and, you know, what we want as England to, uh, to give us the best opportunity to, to win a World Cup. Can we win it, Paul? Can we win this thing? We can win it. We can win it, hundred percent. And I, you know, I was looking at the the players that, we, that we've got on board, um, Eddie. And you know, I think where where the where the game differs, and and obviously we talk about the, the strength of Super League and the NRL. For for me, the NRL have got obviously bigger strength in depth and a bigger pool of players. You know, within that. But I think when we get down to our our best seventeen, our best twenty, you know, to to win a World Cup, I think we. Proved that in the 2017, you know, there was a, there was a try decided, you know, the, the difference in in that final, and I think you know you look around our our best players, you know, the players that we had the other day. I mean, the training session was was it was very it was a real simple session, and I, I love the way that Wayne coaches. It's you know it's all about little detail, but it's 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 the the simple things that that win games, and you know you see them players doing the stuff that we did and it was real simple drills but everything's just clinical everything's quick and you know you, you realize you're dealing with the with the best players in our, in our game and i think when them guys get on the field you know come come october uh, this year you know i think we we've got a great chance uh, let's just be a little bit retrospective now and look back at uh, your long and illustrious career i know that these days well I've looked down your CV, St. Helens Club ambassador, heavily involved with the Steve Prescott Foundation. Life remains pretty hectic for Paul Sculthorpe MBE, doesn't it? It does. It's, uh, it's, it's been great, you know, to, to have so many different interests and obviously still heavily involved. That was a great thing, you know, when you when you retire from rugby. It's, it's, you know, it's ruled your life for, for 20 years and, you know, to still be heavily involved in the game, but I've you know, outside interests as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I love business. Me, I love, I love the, the challenge of business and, and, and doing that. And but obviously, still having the, the involvement within, within rugby and, and, and at the highest level. Um, so yeah, been, been busy, Eddie. Um, but you know, life's, life's real good. That's excellent to hear. It really is. And uh, well, 
life's been real good from from minute one. Let's look at your playing career now in, in some detail. A St. Helens legend, pardon me for saying that, but I'm sure you've been told it many, many times. But it all began 15 miles away from St. Helens in Warrington. They signed you up in, uh, as a schoolboy on schoolboy terms. Yeah, I, uh, I signed for Warrington as a 14-year-old. As a um, Chief scout, uh, Jimmy Reader, um, come, uh, come and obviously watch me me play. You know, I, I'd captained... Uh, you know Lancashire and and County, and then it, and obviously England schoolboys later on at, at sixteen. So, you know we had a we had a bit of interest from from clubs, but you know Jimmy was a was a great fella. He really sold Warrington well. But you know the biggest thing for me with with going to Warrington was I knew it was a club that you got an opportunity. And one thing I've always done is is back my own ability. Um, I'd seen players you know join the likes of Wigan and Leeds, you know top players who you know never really got a chance. You know, not through through lack of ability, but you know, just a, a club that clubs that you know wanted instant success and, and probably wouldn't give them that time. So, you know, I uh, I chose Warrington. It was a fantastic move, and and I've nothing but good things. You you know, Eddie, I've I've, I've got a lot of friends and a, and a lot of a lot of time for 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 Warrington rugby and the town and, and the people of Warrington. You know, it was, a, it was a big part of my life, and and the great thing is, you know, there was no fallout when I uh, when I left. Um, probably at the time. It was well well known. Warrington were were struggling financially. Um, probably didn't you know? I was in the Great Britain setup there, playing you know with with the likes of, of Andy Farrell and Bobby Goulden and and Dennis Betts, players who were winning trophies and playing in big games. And unfortunately, Warrington at the time probably didn't meet my ambitions. And I had a great relationship with with Peter Iron, the, the chairman, and uh, and decided you know that probably for, for me. Selfishly, uh, you know, move away from Warrington was the best thing at the time, and uh, you know, obviously, I, I moved to Saints, and you know, the the rest is history. It is history. Uh, I mean, you, you had the first year, I think, in Super League at Warrington. You you were named in the dream team that year, ninety six. You went on tour with Great Britain on the nineteen ninety six Lions tour, and then there was a knock on the door at Warrington. The big money, the check was written out three hundred and seventy five thousand. Pounds now in rugby league that is monumental, isn't it? That sort of money to be paid out for a player is unbelievable. And back then, well, it was a fortune for Warrington. You, you, yeah. you probably saved them. You probably saved them. Yeah, ball. Was, yeah. I mean, to, to be honest, that was part of the conversation with with Peter, and uh, he just said, you know, begrudgingly, I don't, I don't want to lose you. You know, um, you obviously you want to keep your, you, you know, your better young and certainly your young players for the for the future of that club. He said, but you know, the the sale of you will will undoubtedly, you know, help save the club from from the financial struggles that, that they had. And um, you know, so so it was it was a great move really for for all. But you know, for them them three or four years that I had at, at Warrington, you know, to to make my debut. You know, as a young kid and play alongside the likes of Jonathan Davis, you know, who's a who's a good friend of mine now. And uh I Warrington just give me give me that opportunity and and then, you know, I've always said it, it was up to me then. And uh it was a yeah, it was a it was a fantastic time at Warrington. Fantastic time at Warrington, but even better at St. Helens. I mean, what you've done is in the history books. You you were you were a loose forward first and foremost. Indeed, that's how people still remember you. And I suppose a lot of people don't even remember these days that you began at Warrington. But you could also play standoff, couldn't you? And you played for Great Britain at standoff. You played 13. Uh, you played six. 
what was your favourite position, Paul, when you look back? To be honest, Eddie, it's, it's, it's a question I get asked quite a lot because obviously people see that you know I played I played six for for Great Britain and and obviously a bit a big game when we when we beat the Australians in in two thousand and one. Um, but for me, what what number I had on my back never never changed the way I played. You know, I, I was I was fortunate as a, as a thirteen that I was always be able to to use the ball, use the kicking game. You know, I have a running game. You know, I have a I have a pretty strong you know I think defensive game. So when I moved to six, it, it didn't really it didn't really change the way I played. All it changed was I was probably one nearer the ball. You know, there was a bit more opportunity without being a, another half back on the field that that I was on the ball a bit more than than I, I would have been at thirteen. So I, I think you, you look back at some of my my best years and certainly the two years of, of Man of Steel in in, in two thousand and one and two. I played a lot at six, because and and that probably you know that that being near the ball, um, you know, shone on me a bit more and uh, yeah because I mean one of one of the years at St Helens, Sean Long was out with an ACL and another year uh, Tommy Martin was out with an ACL, so we always had a half back down and and I played quite a quite a bit at six, but in in the way that I actually played the game um, didn't really didn't really change much. No, no, and uh, I mean you know. People talk about ball handling forwards, skillful. You, you were certainly one of them. You, you won a grand final, 1999 against the Bulls, 2000 against Wigan. I mean, you should get the freedom of the, the town for that in St. Helens, <laughs> that you beat Wigan. Both won, both at loose forward, and you kicked a drop goal in the 2000 grand final against Wigan, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, we um, we had a, we had a bit of a margin at the at the time um, when I when I put, I put the drop goal over. Um, it was the old thing of you know don't come away with with nothing, and I think it took us a, a, a thirteen points in front, uh, and then Wigan hit back with a, with a couple of tries. So it was, uh, yeah, it, it, it helped obviously secure that that win. But yeah, some uh, some some great occasions at, at St Helens, and then them two grand finals in. In '99 and, and 2000, just really cemented the, the reason why I wanted to move to St Helens to play in them games. You knew by then that, that the move was, was spot on. And, and having lost a World Club challenge to the Melbourne Storm, in 2001, you won the challenge against the mighty Brisbane Broncos. I know you're in the England setup now. Isn't it great to get one over the Aussies? Oh, it's, it's fantastic, Eddie, you know, and... Uh... And that's what I said. We've always been capable of doing it. You know, we pick our best teams either either at a club or a country, and 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 we can certainly match the Aussies. You know, and, and we can beat them uh, as we as we've proven at you know a number of clubs in 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 Super League throughout you know the World Club challenges over the years, and and we've done it we've done it at international level. Unfortunately, we've never done it at international level often enough, and and, and not not more than once in uh, in a series mm. to to win an Ashes or. You know, or or another trophy. So, but you know, it's it's always great to uh, to beat the Australian. That that there is nothing that beats that rivalry, and certainly of, of Great Britain. Great Britain, the Australia for me is is what is you know the, the pinnacle of the game. Absolutely, I remember when I hung up the microphone a couple of years ago. I, I said to people, my one big regret is that I never got to call an Ashes series victory against Australia. That has to yeah. remain for you a, a big regret as well, I bet. It is. It's a massive bugbear because I think there's so many times we, we could have done it. I think we uh, I think we could have done it in 2001. Obviously, we got off to a winning start in 2001. 2003, we should have won 3-0. Um, yes, we should. 
and and then obviously the uh, the, the Tri Nations final. You know, I think we were the a bit level favourites going into into that, and we got absolutely blown away in that in that first forty. I think it was in in two thousand and four, Ellen um, uh, uh, Road, and uh, yeah, it's it's just I don't know. I don't know whether it was a, it was a mental thing. Um, you know, well, they seem we... to they seem to step up another gear, don't they? Every time their backs are against the wall, last twenty minutes of a match, one all in a series. We've got to win this and win the series. They somehow produce. They do. Yeah. You've got to give. Yeah. You've got to give them credit. To be fair, oh, you, you've got to give them credit. I mean, they are. They are. You know, without doubt, they're the best team in the world. And and you know, it's, Australia is a, is a rugby league nation. And um, and I don't and I don't know whether it's actually all about them stepping up or whether we've just you know tried shutting up shop. And certainly in two thousand and three, I think at seventy minutes in in all three games we were winning. And it's like you know we've got to protect this win. Where no, no, just. Carry on and do what we're doing because that's why we're winning. And you know, to, to lose three games in in the last five minutes is uh, is just is something that will always stick with me. I know you say you know about never calling a a winning Ashes series, and and that is my my biggest regret throughout my career. Definitely. Oh, I, I, listen, you were probably in tears. We were all in tears on the gantry as well. But look, put, putting that to one side, other than the Ashes and and beating the Aussies in a series. You won everything that the game has to offer. But I guess that to be named Man of Steel two years in a row, 20, uh, 2001 and 2002, that must be your proudest moment. That's your legacy, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, I think, um, you, you know, to, to be called that and, and like, the you know, the form, the form player of the, of the year throughout the league was um, was, it was a big accolade for me. Uh, the second one probably more than, more than the first because it was, it was a case of, you know, when you... When you win that first one, then you know the pressure's on to 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 back it up the the year after and and keep that consistency and you know I managed to do that. Um, and two thousand and three was actually a good year for me as as, as well. And uh, you know it's uh, I think that was the biggest thing was trying to be trying to be consistent. But you know I met, I met no bones about it that you know in in two thousand and one two thousand and two playing in in such a, a great Saints side was uh, was obviously a massive uh, a massive help for me and. You know when you're thoroughly enjoying what you what you're doing, you know that's a that's a big thing. And you know we were enjoying that that certainly that era under uh, under Ian Millward. We had some some fabulous players. You know signed some some great overseas players like to David Fairley. Um, you know, and it was a it was a great thoroughly enjoyable time to to play. Your golden era, there's no doubt about that. But even better to come, 2004 captain of St Helens. He led them to the Challenge Cup final win over over Wigan uh, in Cardiff. Um, and also that year, 100 tries and 100 goals notched up, the landmark in Super League for St. Helens. So, yeah. you know, you, you look at the history books, you, you're right the way through it, Paul, no question. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it was a great year. And do you know why? It's, it's, it's a question, you know, you do dinners or Q&As and, uh, and they always say, what's the highlight of your career? And for me, it was probably that, that 2004, that Challenge Cup final to... Uh, to lead Saints as my, you know, my first final as as captain um, against the old enemy at Wigan on probably what is the the best stadium that I've played at the the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff. It was full. It was a it was a beautiful August day. Uh, it was just everything was was perfect, and we, we turned in a top performance. Uh, and even better that me, my younger brother Danny was on the opposition side. As well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gave uh, him one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to, but to be to be captain and and you know. 
walk up them steps and, and lift that Challenge Cup. Something that I'd grown up watching, you know, the likes of Ellery Hanley and, and people like that do. And then to be to be able to and to be able to kiss the trophy and and, and lift that uh, against Wigan was was very very special. I bet it was. It must have been a, a wonderful moment for you. And 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 after that, you went on. You became a, a, a man who scored a thousand points for St Helens. Uh, as I say, the the accolades, the honours, the statistics—they are there for all to see. But when you when you were growing up. Did you honestly believe you were in Oldham at the time? You played for Waterhead. Yeah. Did you honestly believe that all this was to come? Do you know what, Eddie? I'd, I'd always, I'd always believed that I'd, I'd work hard enough. You know, one thing I did do, and and, and I did it from, and it was, it, I've got to give a big rap, and you know, again, you get asked who's who's a big influence on your career. I, I trained with a guy called Ken Wilson at uh, Waterhead Gym from. 11, 12 years old, and and he was he was old school, you know. It was it wasn't a pleasant place to to train, um, <laughs> but he had a he had a massive impact on me, you know. He only he only did one way, and that was that was hundred percent in it in everything that he did, and he had a big impact on me on on how to train and, and dedication, discipline, and one thing that had never ever stopped me of of making it in the game would be the willingness to to work hard and and get where I'm, you know, get where I want to be and. Thankfully, you know, I had a I had a bit of natural ability, you know, with me as well. I'd grown up, I'm one of one of three brothers. We never had a, a rugby ball or a football or a cricket bat, you know, out of our out of our hands. And uh, sport was always a big a big part. So, you know, it was um it, it was always something that I, I think I was I was destined to do. And you know, when you get the opportunity, as I said, when I when I chose Warrington because it was a place that I knew, you know, it's it's up to me then and uh yeah, it was uh, yeah, great, great times, and you know, from from picking up a, a ball, you know, Royton Tigers as an eight year old, first time I, I knew it was uh, it was the game for me. Well, it, it certainly was, and and uh, you know, the career lasted until two thousand and eight, when you had to you had to give up. You you injured your shoulder early in the the Challenge Cup final that year. Um, did you know at that moment that the end was coming? Well, I don't, to be honest, Eddie, before the Challenge Cup final, I'd already made a, a, a decision. I'd sort of told Saints as well that, that it was my, my last year. Uh, I'd had, you know, that that two years prior, you know, with with a, a knee injury, really, that that was the big thing that that could have could have ended my career, and it was the actual thing that I got right. Um, I'd seen a great surgeon in in London, a guy called Andrew Williams, and and he sorted me out. But then it was like I snapped my Achilles in a in a a nothing training session the day before the the cup quarter final against Warrington, and it was just as if your body your body was saying, you know, you've you've done enough, and yeah, I've had um, enough, thanks. Yeah, and it was like <laughs> it was it was it was I was just seemed like I was running out of luck because um, I mean my, my shoulder I'd done my shoulder not a lot of people know I'd done my shoulder about four weeks prior. Um, I did it scoring against Castleford. I got man of the match against Castleford, scored two tries, but the second try I had to reach for the for the line and you know I put the, the ball down and one of the Castleford players fell on my shoulder. When I knew oh. I'd I'd hurt it, I played the rest of the game, I was fine. I went for a scan the day after and they, they put like they put inject dye into your into your compartment to see whether you've you know you you've torn anything. And I I'd literally done everything. He says to me, you need a full reconstruction. So I said to the surgeon, I said, well, I'm, I'm calling it a day at the end of the year anyway. I said, you know, I got through the rest of the cast game. Could I, could I get through to the end of the season? He said, well, put it this way. You can't do any more damage than you've already done. 
Oh, right. <laughs> so that was that was the state of my shoulders. So he said, crack on. If you want to get through the games with pain, do that. And I played the next four or five games, Eddie, and I must have, I played some of the best rugby in my career. I played with a... I had a strap round me, like, so it went round my bicep, down my shirt, and then round my waist. So I couldn't literally get my arm above 90 degrees because he said to me, he said, the only thing with playing, he said, the risk that you could dislocate, he said, because there's literally nothing holding your shoulder in. So I had to wear this, this strap. So I got through the uh, through the next five, four or five games, and then it was obviously on to, on to Wembley. Unfortunately, early on, I got myself in a in a tackle, um, and Kieran Cunningham fell on me, and my shoulder went from underneath me, and rightly uh, rightly dislocated, like he uh, like the surgeon said it could, and uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was it was painful to, to be honest. It was, oh, uh, I bet. It, was it was funny because I, I went to see obviously the, the doc um, Simon Perrett took me into the into the uh, changing rooms because my shoulder was still out; it didn't go back in. So I put a, like a towel around my bicep, got the, the physio to hold my arm straight and just stuck his knee in my back and, and oh. pulled, pulled, the, pulled the, uh, the shoulder back in the joint and it just clicked. And I said, Doc, I said, I the, the pain was instant away, instant gone. And I said, Doc, get me back on. And it was just, <laughs> just, give, just, just give it five minutes. And then within, within five minutes, Eddie, I was screaming. <laughs> I bet you were, honestly. So, yeah, and, and, and obviously... <laughs> You know, from from that moment, I knew I wasn't going to play again for for that season, and and obviously I decided the end of that season was was a you know I was calling it a day anyway. So yeah, that was me. Uh, that was my curtain call. At, when, honestly, honestly, my, my my toes are curling here just listening to you <laughs> and listen, listening to the agony and the the pain that you went through that particular day. Look, we all love the great game of association football. We're all big Premier League fans, I know. But when you see them falling over like they've been hit by an elephant gun, I'm screaming at the television these days. What what do you fellas think? I'd love to put one or two of these Premier League players in a Saints or a Wigan or a Warrington shirt and say, yeah, have a go. Yeah, have a go yeah. for five minutes and see how you get on. Oh, I know. It seems like, it's like the old saying, isn't it? You know, a footballer pretends he's injured, a rugby player pretends he's not. Correct. It's, um, yeah, I, I, I don't get it, Eddie. To be honest, I don't. It's, you know, at the end of the day, the sportsmen they, 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 sh- they shouldn't be they shouldn't be doing that. You know, they're, they're a role model for certainly for, for kids underneath growing up as well. And but you know, for the you know they, they know that there's cameras, there's TV, there's millions watching, and they're not embarrassed about what no. they're doing. You know, you're embarrassed it, for them. Yeah, you're embarrassed it's for just, them watching it's just it. Playing, it's playing, cheating. And, and for me, yeah, it doesn't. I, I, I've always said it with football, and and the great thing about our game is 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 that, and and then obviously, you know, the respect that we have for for officials. You know, officials at times is and I've got a, I've got a sort of great relationship with a lot of our our officials in our game, and you know, you always say it's, at times it's a thankless job because as an official, you're never gonna you're never gonna please everybody. Uh, and, and we respect that. You know, they've got a job to do, and without them, th- there is no game. But no. the the way they carry on in football and, and and officials take it and do nothing about it, you know, I think you, you've got two things in your pocket that'll stop it, and one's a yellow, and one's a red. Correct. Um, Absolutely. And then and then you know, players will soon get sick of you know spending time on the sidelines or or, or paying fines. You know, just deal with it and and kill it once and for all. Correct. Be brave. Get the cards out. Be brave. Yeah. Be brave. I, I mean, when we're talking about bravery here. In 2008, that must have been 
Paul, the most devastating blow. You know, you, you, your playing career is over. How did you cope with that? And 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 did you know what was going to come? Did you know what was going to follow? Uh, had you got a plan in your mind? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, it's, it's funny to my business partner. I was Tony Tony Colquitt, who you, who you well know from. Uh, yes, yes. So Tony Tony was the you know the uh, sales director for for Gillette, who signed me on the the G Gillette deal. That's uh, right. You're the face yeah. of Gillette, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I never noticed one nick. I never <laughs> noticed one nick in the chin. Oh no, you can't, mate. You've got to be smooth. Got to be, <laughs> got to be, <laughs> it's funny when we, we did all pre pre season, all the we actually had a team photograph, and I think we'd done the the Movember or something, and all the other lads had, and everybody grew a beard, and they said, right, you can't have a shave now, so we win our first game, and we've got a team picture where every one of them is like a beard, and there's me absolutely <laughs> clean, smooth <laughs> at, the, at the front. I said, well. I can't do that. No, no. <laughs> too, too much, too much riding on that one. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't yeah. do the, the the Movember. You couldn't have the, the no, no, the no. Had no. to be, had to be clean, completely clean, clean. shaven. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So, so me and Tony uh, are actually um, actually business partners now. With well, obviously we we own Rhino Rugby and and, and Evolve. Um, yeah. So, so sorry to get back to your point, Eddie. Um, Tony was obviously chief executive at Saints at the time. Um, so he said to me, "When you finish playing, I don't want to lose you from the club. I want, I want you, you know, working on, on a lot of the stuff." And as I said, I've always been, I've always enjoyed like the networking with people. I've always enjoyed business and building relationships and and doing things outside of the game as well. And I'd, I'd done that throughout my career, met a lot of people, done a lot of things away from the game. And, and Tony knew that and and said, "You know, you've got a, a nice little black book of, of connections and that there. I want, I want to use you on like more on the commercial side, which." Very wise. Was, was something that I, I really you know, wanted to do. I wasn't one who, who said, you know, I, I want to go straight into coaching. It wasn't it wasn't something that really appealed to me. You know, I think when you retire from playing, that's run your life for 20 years, coaching is exactly the same, but even more so. Uh, and I was looking forward to, you know, to, to getting some of my normality of life back. And, <laughs> and, and that fit with it. And again, alongside, you know, the things that I'd set up. So so I worked, ended up working with, with Tony on that. And that was a that was already set up for when I when I retired anyway. So, you know, calling uh, calling a few months early, you know, after the, the, the dislocation at, at Wembley wasn't a wasn't a big issue. And no. I just think I'd I'd mentally I'd I'd prepared myself for it. And you know, a big one for me, Eddie, was as you, as you know, I love I love training. I love keeping fit, and uh, that one was probably more the focus for me was don't let that slide. And because you know, training's always been a big part of my life. And you know, when you're not going to do it every day, you know, can you can you make yourself do it? And you know, thankfully, I I have done, and, and you know, because I think it's, it's that's got a big bearing on on certainly on mental health is is your you know your, your physical fitness and, and well being. Definitely. Well, you, you've kept yourself in shape. There, there is there is no doubt about that. Um, and then in in 2013, you get the MBE and the New Year's Honours uh, list for your services to rugby league and to charity. I mean, your playing career is well documented. We've we've talked about it already at length. But you are a man, Paul. I know who freely gives up your time to numerous charities, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what, Eddie? I think I think in your you're the same. I think we're very fortunate to to do what we've done, you know, throughout our careers, and and you know, I think to be able to give something back and 
you know, I enjoy doing. I really enjoy doing that that sort of stuff when you can you, know, you can help somebody and, and put a smile on the face and you know it's, you, you get a lot of pleasure yourself from it. Um, you do, you know, and and obviously you know from 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 two thousand and two thousand and six when when Steve Prescott obviously who you know I'm a, I'm a ambassador for the for the Steve Prescott Foundation. I know when uh, when Steve was diagnosed. Um, Obviously, I jumped into into supporting Steve, and then from 2008, when I, obviously I had more time on my hands through, through not playing, uh, even more involvement, and and obviously that's been a, a big part of my life, you know, in, in supporting Steve and, and and obviously his foundation. Indeed, and you've done some crazy, crazy <laughs> and wonderful things. I know, haven't you? But Steve was a, a great personal pal of yours, as you you've already intimated. Um, that must have been a devastating blow for everybody who knew him, for the club at St Helens, for all his ex-playing colleagues, to see him suffer the way he did. But by God, again, bravery and courage, oh. fantastic, well, the, wasn't he? The, the most, the most inspirational man that I've I've ever met, and uh, you know, to, to to go through what he's gone, you, you couldn't imagine being given the news that he got given, and it, it was the, it was the worst news at the time, and. You know, there was no, there was no pathway for him. There was no way out. Um, it was literally that. That's what it is. And you know, make the most of the time that you, you've you've got them them few months. And uh, you couldn't imagine being being told that. Certainly, you know, he was diagnosed on the day of his his his, his second son, Kobe's son, Kobe, the day he was born. Oh. So he couldn't be with with Lindsay when obviously when she was giving birth. And to be able, you know, just to, to see that and then to. The worst news, you know, against the best news, and uh, but you know, knowing Steve, you know, that like the kind of player he was, he was never the biggest, but Jesus, he was uh, he was brave as well, wasn't he? As a, as a player, wasn't he just? And one thing I've always said, you know, when everybody talks about Steve Prescott and you know the things that he's done post diagnosis and the, the challenges and and the, the charity, the money he's raised, and you know the amount of people he's inspired. Don't forget what a what an unbelievable rugby player he was as well. Wasn't he just? Um, yeah, and yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a massive, uh, a massive shock to everybody when uh, when it when he was diagnosed. But as I say, you know, he he wouldn't accept it. He, he fought, and, and you know, and it, people are people are living now. People have survived uh, an, an incurable disease because of what Steve did. You know, the fight that that he that he gave to to find other other avenues. Uh, and then obviously the, the 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 surgery that he had that had never ever been done before. You know, it was. A I remember that. In, in that. I remember that. You know, yeah. there's, there's, you know, it's in double figures now of the people that have survived that that same operation. I remember doing an interview with him at Witness. I think it was around about the time he was um, he was diagnosed. We were doing Boots and All live at Witness after a, a championship game, and believe me, there wasn't a dry eye in the studio. There really yeah. wasn't. And he was that sort of guy, you know. He, he he clicked into everybody, and he never, to me, he never seemed to, he never seemed to show that it was giving him as much grief as it obviously was. Oh no, no. He I was mean, an inspiration. You're absolutely right. It was, and it, yeah, he'd, ne he'd never. I think it was a. I think that was Steve as well. He, he'd never ever want to show weakness or, or you know, show anybody feeling sorry for him. And but I, I seen obviously we did stuff, and the, the one we did in 2012, the Paris to London marathon. There was only me and Steve on that, so we were we were sharing rooms together, and to see some of the stuff that he goes through, and then obviously 
towards the end, you know, some of the some of the things that he has he had to do, and you know, because of his one of the ones that stands out for me, and it was a, it was a funny moment. We, we were doing the we were running the Paris Marathon, and at times like like the Tour de France, it's literally single file. The crowds are all over you, and um, everybody's out there giving you jelly babies, sugar cubes, bananas, <laughs> and. Sprecky was grabbing everything, just grabbing handfuls and then giving me half. And I said to him, I said, Precky, please do not give me anything else. I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna spew up. And he went, he went, yeah, but I have to scully, he says, because I don't have a stomach. So he said, oh. So I don't I don't know what's what's going through through my system. And, and I see you think, you know, when you think you're doing it tough, yeah, and you know, you you're tired and you're fatigued, and I think we were probably about about 15 miles in. And then you think, how's he how's he doing this? How, you know, it's yes. somebody with a with a terminal illness, you know, with the surgeries that he's had and, you know, the, the adversity that he's, he's, he's up against, to, to be able to do that and, and, and laugh all the way through it, it was, uh, he, just, he was just an incredible man. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And another incredible man you've met, who sadly has also passed away just lately, the, the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip. Um, because you uh, went to the palace and you handed out some gold awards for him, for the Duke of Edinburgh's award scheme. Uh, have you got any memories of, of uh, Prince Philip you can share with us? Yeah, I've, well, I've well, seen what... pictures of you, and he, he, you're both laughing your head off. Yeah, he, um, <laughs> it was funny because I, I, did, I, did, so I did a bit of a, a, bit of a speech um, both times in the, on the Gold Award, so I was like the, the guest presenter. So you do, you do like a half an hour speech in the, to all the, the, the recipients of the Gold Award and their, and their families. Probably about two hundred and fifty people in in, and there's all different individual rooms. So mine was like obviously for the for the northwest. Uh, and anyway, they tell you all like the protocol for for when Prince Philip's comes into the room, and and the the girl come over to him and says like obviously you're last in line. He'll, he'll speak to you. He said, but he usually doesn't listen to anybody, and uh, he does his own thing, and he'll you know he'll say what he says. And anyway, he spoke to everybody, and you're just laughing at some of the comments that he's saying to. He certainly. Uh, at times wasn't politically correct. <laughs> um, so then he comes up to me and he says, oh, like, you know, obviously talking about the, the rugby and that. And he says, oh, you, you, you're far too good looking. He said, are they your own teeth? I thought rugby players, you know, had, had teeth missing and everything. He said, you, you're, far, you're far too handsome. So I was having a, having a, having a good cat. But obviously it's so sad, but... You know that's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a special picture that, and, and certainly even more so now after uh, after the past couple of weeks. Absolutely, absolutely, great great memories for you, uh, Paul, and uh, you know, fitting that um, that you're getting all these little rewards as well as all the playing awards, all these little rewards and the reminders of uh, of what's gone on. Uh, what, what's next for you? What, what what you know? I know you're after your tenth million. That's obvious. <laughs> But what, what's next for you? Um, to beat you at golf, Eddie. <laughs> oh, you can, <laughs> you can uh, have that any day of the week. You can uh, have that any day of the week. Yeah, do you know what, mate? I, and I do, I, I do reflect quite a lot on on the things. You know, the, the stuff that I was only, I was, I was sat with with Wayne at, uh, at lunch on uh, on Tuesday, and it was on about like the the RAF and everything. And, Telling him about when I did the the back seat. Obviously, you you did it on you covered it on on boots and all when I did we the did. back seat in the tornado and just like the things, the opportunities that you get that that not everybody that, that a lot of people you know don't get and can't get. You know, money can't buy opportunities and, and experiences and 
and that for me is it's all come through through rugby league. So you know everything that that I've that I've had and that, that I've got is 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 thanks to you know to to our great game and indeed you know, so I'm real you know to to get to get paid and 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 for your job to be your hobby um is is just you know it's been uh, it's been a special ride and you know thankfully still involved heavily and uh, yeah very much obviously a lot of the focus now is is obviously the the world cup at the back end of the year and and win that one and and you know Sean talks about it a lot about you know past past players you know I know he's got a, a special thing for the for the players coming up and some of that will be around you know the our good mate Steve's uh, you know involvements and you know about winning a winning a World Cup and and it's not been done for for over fifty years and just telling these players what an opportunity they've got to to make history. Um, exactly, and to be part of that on the on the coaching staff is uh, you know it's not it's not playing it's not as for me it's, it'll never be as good as playing but to to be involved and hopefully you know we can go on and and do the job. Well, if anybody can, you and Sean can two committed guys and. Uh, you know, we're, the whole country is with you and, and our hearts are all there. And please, God, it, it all happens. Uh, look, I've got to give a mention to the book, Man of Steel. It's still available on Amazon. I've, <laughs> I, I actually looked, though, Paul. It's down at 74 pence now. <laughs> hey, I didn't know you could get it, Eddie. I phoned the publisher and they said, oh, no, they're all gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, well Steve-O and I did one when we finished, or when, when Steve-O finished. And I've got about seven or eight here, and they will be collector's items in years to come. They're currently holding up our coffee table here. But, uh, you know, it's a great read. And this, Paul, has been an absolute pleasure, and it's been a fantastic listen. And whatever happens in October, November, you have left your mark on the game. You've left your mark on life. You've helped and, you know, supported so many charities. You deserve everything that comes your way. Thank you so much for no, being a guest on this program. No, thank you, Eddie, and, and obviously, you know, a massive thanks for, you know, you, you've uh, you, you've had the ride with me, and uh, you know, a big thank you to to yourself and, and obviously Mike and and all the guys that, you know, really changed the, you know, changed the game, and and that coincided with me pretty much coming through, and uh, you know, to be able to to do that and everything that you know you've supported, I, I thank you too, mate. No, Paul, it, it has been a pleasure. We've had the golden era. There is no doubt about that. We've come through it hand in hand. And more to come. More golf days, more fun, and more raising money for charity. Good on you, Paul. Great to talk Thank to you. Thank you, Eddie. Cheers, All mate. All the very best. All the very best. And please, God, I'll be there in November when you lift that World Cup. Let's hope so, mate. It's there, it's there, for, the, it's there for the taking. 